Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. I hope you're all doing well. When I sketched out season five, I basically made a four-quadrant grid with topics that we would be covering in the coming year. And we will continue to seek truth in each one of these quadrants, recognizing that we are in an unconventional war, pitting the globalists on one side and humanity on the other. And the enemy of humanity is using lies, deception, and propaganda to keep us confused, divided, and in the dark. Our most powerful weapon is truth. Truth about the COVID origins, truth about big pharma, truth about the World Economic Forum and the globalist agenda, and truth about money, both fiat and Bitcoin. Truth is how we win. And there is a saying that you need to hear something interesting about Bitcoin three times before you dive in and properly educate yourself. Our aim here on Basecamp is to provide you with the one, two, or all three of the insights about Bitcoin that will bring you properly over the bridge and onto new possibilities and new horizons for you. There are sure to be many shocking revelations for humanity in the coming months. Our belief here at Basecamp and a belief we share with my guest today is that Bitcoin will emerge as a shining beacon of hope, a proper light at the end of the tunnel, as humanity starts to cut its way out of the confines of a monetary stranglehold that is built on lies deception, and manipulation. What a time to be alive. My guest today is Connor Dent. Connor is a Bitcoiner and Director of Client Services at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is a company introducing new solutions to self-custody and new resources in the Bitcoin space. Here is my interview with Connor Dent. All right. I am here with Connor Dent, Bitcoiner, futurist. I like to think of you as, as a futurist. I think of all Bitcoiners as futurists at this point. Connor, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Tony, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I'm excited to uh, to talk a little about a little bit about Bitcoin. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I find you, you probably find this to be true. I, I find myself talking a lot about Bitcoin to lots of different people uh, because I'm excited about it, because I feel like more people need to know about it. Um, and, you know, it, it's been a whole journey of learning about it from just a few years back. And the learning curve has been steep, but valuable and interesting and insightful. And it's just like, I'm, I feel like I'm learning all the time, partly uh, talking with you and your company uh, has helped me grow a lot. But I just, the first question is, when did you first come across Bitcoin? Uh, which friend or which person or which group sort of turned you on to it? Uh, when was that? And kind of like what, how has the learning been? Has it been, are you, are you still learning a lot about it? Um, yeah. What, what's been your kind of your journey in Bitcoin and what does that look like? When did it start? Yeah. So I'm lucky to have a brother that's pretty prominent in the Bitcoin space mm. and he told me about it and started whispering it in my ear back in 2015. Mm -hmm. And wow. What what I've learned is everyone has their own journey, right? First you hear about it, then you start to question it. And then once you really start diving into it, there's different time frames to which people actually start adopting it. Mm -hmm. So I learned about it back in 2015, but it really wasn't until, you know, 2020 during the pandemic when, you know, I had to stop, look around and look at all these external 
problems that are happening seeing mm -hmm. where, where's the light at the end of the tunnel here and that's really when i started diving down the bitcoin rabbit hole mm -hmm. yeah it's it's i mean i'm super grateful i got introduced uh in you know kind of right as the pandemic was was happening it's funny because uh i got introduced my first crypto was xrp and that started it. But then the more that I started to read and learn about Bitcoin, the more I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is XRP, I think, is not quite the right. Um, I think Bitcoin is the one. And, and I've grown more in my conviction of that. Um, and But there's still, you know, you still see a lot of people that think of Bitcoin as just the market leader in crypto. And so whenever something happens in the crypto space for instance the ftx meltdown or yeah. you know anything else you know it seems like every few weeks it's like uh oh this this shit coin was was a ponzi scheme and then people immediately i think normies start to think well you know i was starting to get a little bit interested now I realize they they kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. They're like, okay, well, I guess I don't really need to be learning much about Bitcoin because look what happened to Sam Bankman Freed. And they don't distinguish. And I'm I'm very clear, like this is not the same thing as all the other ones. Bitcoin to me is a standalone. I know it gets entwined uh in the in the sort of mass listening of what crypto is, but maybe you could talk a little bit about your like how do you distinguish because the company that you work for, I believe, um, Unchained Capital, you guys don't deal with anything other than Bitcoin, correct? Exactly right. We are yeah. a big Bitcoin-only company. We will yeah. only ever be a Bitcoin-only company. And what I find when I talk to a lot of clients and friends, right, when I say Bitcoin, a lot of people hear crypto. Sure. Right. And, yeah. the, and being able to distinguish Bitcoin from the rest of the cryptocurrencies essentially goes down to the protocol level, right? Mm -hmm. When we look at other cryptocurrencies like your Ethereum, your Solana, your XRP, mm -hmm. right? It's just a, a traditional fiat financial standard that is being applied to these cryptocurrencies. What do I right. mean by that? It's a centralized entity that's running it, mm -hmm. right? So there's a group of people that are going to decide, hey, I'm going to create X coin. I'm going to dictate the supply of it. And at any point in time, I can manipulate this network. Mm -hmm. Whereas Bitcoin is on a completely another level, different stratosphere, where it is completely decentralized. There's not one single person, a group of people that can dictate the protocol. Not only that, there's only ever going to be 21 million, yep. right? So that right there tells you that there is a fixed supply that it cannot be manipulated. It cannot be inflated. And it's completely decentralized to the point where it's peer to peer. There is no middleman or no company that mm -hmm. could take fees off it, that can determine what transaction goes through, right? So the fact that it's, it is completely scarce, it is peer to peer. It's fungible, right? It's looked mm -hmm. at as a store of value, but more importantly, it's also divisible. Right? Mm -hmm. For every Bitcoin, there's a hundred million Satoshis. Think about it as like pennies on a dollar. Yep. Right. So when people normally get scared away from Bitcoin, they feel like they miss the boat. Oh, there's only 21 million. There's there's 19 or so million in circulation right now. But these Bitcoin not only are the last Bitcoin to be mined, I believe is gonna be in the year 2148. Mm -hmm. And you can you have an infinite amount of decimal places to divide it by. That's right. You know, that that's still, Connor, one of the things that when I'm talking to people about it, um, 
that still I notice that the light goes on sometimes when like they have, they don't know that there's only 21 million. Like I, I, I just last week I was talking to a couple and, and I said something and I, you know, I was just giving them the, the elevator, the five minute elevator speech, which included the scarcity and the 21 million. And Robert, the guy I was talking to goes, I didn't know there was only 21 million. I go, oh yeah, there's, there's only ever going to be 21 million. He, you could see something clicked with him where he went, oh, wait a minute, maybe I got to rethink this a little bit, you know? Um, and yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Go ahead. Well, that it's a, it's a source of truth, right? Yeah. If you look at our current financial system, you know, since we got off the gold standard in 1971, the only way to stimulate our economy is we have to print more money. Yep. We have to perform what's called quantitative easing, mm -hmm. right? And so, the only thing we've ever known, at least you know, especially people in my generation, is that our government's going to dictate the money supply. They're going to determine inflation rates, and essentially, they're going to be the small group of people that can essentially affect my behavior in society. Whereas right. Bitcoin, because of the fixed supply, right, it changes your time preference and it changes the value and energy that you put towards something. So it completely flips your mindset from the traditional fiat system where no one ever asks the question, what is money? What is the value of money? Right? Right. And that's what really started me on my Bitcoin journey is understanding what money is and how the current system that we're in, it's it's built to fail. Yeah. The only way for us to survive is to inevitably print more money, right? And I naturally came to Bitcoin because of that fixed supply. And what mm -hmm. we'll find is all money will converge to one, right? And naturally, it's going to converge to the hardest asset out there. And we Bitcoin is gold used to be the the hard asset in the, you know in the world. Mm -hmm. Now it's Bitcoin because of that fixed supply. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one thing I'm picking up on from uh, the public, you know, just talking to people is whether or not they're in Bitcoin, whether or not they're Bitcoiners and they've done that whole journey into coming to see what the value of Bitcoin is for humanity – a lot of people don't trust the banking right now. People are nervous. You know, I, I had a woman that I was talking to uh, and and she goes, yeah, I just sold my condo in San Francisco. Uh, so I've got all this cash, but keeping it in the bank makes me really nervous. And I go, yeah, yeah, I get you. I, I know exactly what you mean. And I started talking to her about Bitcoin and she goes, well, uh, you know, you do you, I go, yeah, I'm totally in Bitcoin. I'm long on Bitcoin. And for these reasons, she goes, well, would you take the money I have and buy like two or $300 worth of Bitcoin? I go, no, I go, I would take them right now. I would learn about it. I would take the money that you're nervous about and take 10% and buy Bitcoin and start with that while you learn about it. I go, no, two exactly. to 300. You've got, if you're sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars, that's making you nervous at Chase or Wells Fargo. I would start to make some moves towards Bitcoin and don't be afraid. Two or $300 is nothing when you're sitting on 500 grand and you're making, and it's making you nervous. Um, which brings us to um, the article I saw. I was really happy to see this in Newsweek. Actually, it was an article by Aubrey Strobel. And she was talking about central bank digital currencies. And, you know, people are hearing about this and they, I think, you know, people are, they get that it's coming, right? Uh, you know, I think that you're starting to see cashless, you know, there's merchants that don't take cash and, 
you know, you mentioned the central bank or the 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 Treasury Department, central bank. They just keep printing and printing and printing, de- devaluing the dollar. So there's all these different factors that are people like this isn't really sustainable. And lo and behold, right. here com- here comes central bank digital currencies. Right, you're talking about it at the World Economic Forum in in Davos as we speak. Right, and some of the countries have already kind of tried to roll them out. China's definitely rolled theirs out. Aubrey Strobel in Newsweek says this is a disaster. We cannot adopt so, this. It will kill American freedom. Exactly. And and I thought it was great because she she's saying what the what the central banks are doing is they're trying to conflate their currency with Bitcoin. They're taking so, things that are belong to Bitcoin, sovereignty, uh, 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 self-custody, independence, trustless, all these different things. And they're trying to say, hey, we'll build you something you can trust because we're the central bankers. It's like, wait a exactly. minute. You know, that we don't trust you. That's why Bitcoin exists. So, yeah, what, what do you see with that? I, I think... I think the central bank digital currencies are coming. I think it'll fail massively as more and more people get hip to what Bitcoin is. But yeah. I'm I'm also sort of aware that you know it's catching a lot of people off guard. I think I think you could find a situation where they're like, "Uh oh, sorry, uh, the whole system went to shit." And our solution is the stimmies. Here's central bank. Don't worry, we've got plenty of these for people. Exactly. And we're going to give them to you. Just make sure you got your vaccinations and make sure you you follow the carbon, you know, don't get your carbon yeah. footprint, don't own a car. Uh, and then you can have all this central bank digital currency so you can eat. You got to shop at our grocery stores. Uh, and then Bitcoin's going to be running parallel with all the people that saw it coming and that moved capital over. I mean, is that kind of the same thing you're seeing? I'm, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I've gotten in early, but I'm also fearful that some people, there's going to be a lot of people that will be like, uh-oh, I, I didn't learn about this soon enough. Or, you know, here comes central bank digital currencies and it's the only thing I've got going for it. Yeah. And I think in general, right, if we look at the Bitcoin adoption rate and where it stands right now, mm-hmm. we're looking at this like a baseball game. I think we're in the second, third earth inning right it is still so early so for any listeners out there that think you've missed missed the boat you you absolutely have not and then in terms of you know this central bank digital currency right the writing's on the walls right Mm -hmm. it's just glaringly obvious the plan that is put in place yep whether you're pro vaccines or not pro vaccines but then in the day right 2020 we were in lockdown for a year and a half right Mm -hmm. and yep and now we have this whole push for climate change and carbon emissions. And then, you know, it's just hit and copy and paste on our current financial structure, which is to print more money. But they're able to do it in a way on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Right? They're able to piggyback off of Bitcoin and these other cryptocurrencies to say, hey, it's a blockchain. Or, you know, you could use your phone cashless. But in reality, mm-hmm. right, all we have to do is look at China. Mm-hmm. Look at, look. Right, China is able to airdrop certain citizens a certain amount of money, put an expiration date on it. Right, they could drop. You say, "Here, Tony, here's five hundred dollars you had to the end of the weekend to spend." You yeah. know, what, Tony, we noticed that you took a trip from New York to LA. That's that's a lot of carbon emissions. So yeah. instead of eat, instead of going to the grocery store and buying a steak, you're, you're going to eat some vegan food. You're going to eat some soy. Yeah. Right. So it, it's a way to control the populace on a global scale, but more yeah. importantly direct that populace to certain products to certain behavior right stay in your pod don't go outside yeah i'm a believer that this is and the writings on the walls that this is an attempt for more control 
Yep. And it's from it's from a group of people that aren't elected, that no one knows. This World Economic Forum just came out of nowhere, yep. right? And they've been pushing this for years now. And I think it's going to get to a point in time where people finally have to wake up. And I think Bitcoin is that avenue. Yeah. If you fix the money, you fix the world. I, I'm in a complete alignment with you on all of that. Um, and, you know, I think I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, Maybe people to wake up, you know, I mean, we're early adopters to Bitcoin. We're, we're, you know, we're preaching, we're preaching to the choir in some ways, but hopefully converting others to our cause of freedom and sovereignty and sound money. Um, and, but, you know, I told her, I said, you know, the masses might have to get a good look at central bank digital currencies before they move away from it. You know what I mean? They might have to go, right. Oh my God, this is like, yeah. this is communism, totalitarianism. Yeah. They might, they might have to be like sea biscuit that, you know, pulls right, you know, has to pull right exactly. up to the war admiral to take a good look before sprinting on. Um, and you know, one of the things like people get really hung up on, I think too, is, and I hear this, from a lot of the investors, you know, the guys that are that are Wall Street, the guys that work at Merrill and 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 that kind of crowd is like they really look at Bitcoin as price only. And I, you know, I have started for all the reasons we've talked about, I really don't get hung up on price. I I like it when it's low because I can stack more sats. And when it goes up, I'm like, whoa, there goes the value of my, you know, my holdings, which is exciting. But I really, my excitement around Bitcoin is more on the philosophical pro-humanity, yeah. pro-human, pro-freedom, pro-America uh, stance. And that is what gets me really excited. And then every Bitcoiner I talk to they're like some of the most optimistic, bright, like, yep. you know, they've got all these ideas and I just, I, and, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of really great things built, um, on the lightning network and, and just software that has applications. I think there's a way to clean up the voting using Bitcoin. That's like going to, you know, where it's like yep. completely, you can't cheat. It's just like your vote is counted on the blockchain. Every, you know, the votes are every 10 minutes. There's no way of duplicating. I I think there's, you know, I think stuff, stuff like that is coming. And I just think there's applications that, that we don't even know, you know, exist that are coming in the next five to 10 years that are just going to exactly blow, right. blow our minds. And so I'm excited to be in the group that's excited about the future. I don't know about you, but that that's part of my attraction into the Bitcoin community. Yeah. Yeah, And just like you, right, I'm sure as you're going through, you know, understanding Bitcoin and slowly adopting it, you had to ask yourself some hard questions. Yeah. Right. You had to realize the current state of where we are as a society, as a global society and the manipulations and these higher, you know, elites and bureaucrats. Right. Just want to push control. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to first come to that step of understanding the manipulation and influence in a negative way that's being pushed on society. Yep. And then you want to find a source of truth, right? And that's why I found Bitcoin. It's a source of truth that it is a completely open source, decentralized ledger. Mm -hmm. I at any point in time, I can look at any transaction and uh, from the inception of Bitcoin, right? So you can do your homework, right? This idea of don't trust verify. You can, mm -hmm. verify, you can verify everything on the Bitcoin network. And the fact that it's open source, it incentivizes people to build more. Mm -hmm. It incentivizes people to have that idea and do it in a completely open source, decentralized manner. And so I think, you know, as we think about 
Bitcoin and, and what it can do on a technical aspect on a protocol level. But what you mentioned, right? I think it from a sociological uh, aspect, it's going to help structure society with the foundation of truth. Yeah. You tend to value your time and your energy and do what you're passionate about when in the back of your head, because of the fixed supply of 21 million, you have a low time preference mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of working a nine to five job where you're collecting paychecks that are hyperinflated, right? And you're just getting through the day to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're invested in the Bitcoin, you know it's just because of, of simple math and the fixed supply mm-hmm. that over the next three to five to 10 to 15 years, you're acquiring wealth. Yeah. Right. You're acquiring more value. So then your time preference changes, your value changes. You're able to focus on things that make you happy. Yeah. And so I think from a sociological aspect, you're able to not only look within, but have that foundation of truth with Bitcoin as a store of value. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the oil to the machine that's pushing you forward. I love it. Love it, Connor. Um, you know, when I first I was fortunate when I first learned about you know, at the time XRP, but then Bitcoin is that the the guy that was sort of bringing me along was big on self custody. So, uh, hardware wallet. He he's like, do not leave it on any of the exchanges. Um, and I had friends that are in Bitcoin. Some are still afraid, believe it or not, to bring it off the exchanges. They're like, I don't trust myself. I live in an apartment. I got I got crime. I you know, like somebody's going to steal my wallet or I'm going to lose it. Um, I try to talk them off the ledge, and I was super grateful to learn how to self custody properly. And I've used a bunch of the, you know, the the prominent wallets. Ledger is the one I started with, but I use Trezor, uh, Seed Signer. There's there's Cold Card out there. All of them really solid. A good way to learn how to self custody uh, your Bitcoin. But while I was doing it, even though I, I do feel like that step is an initiatory step. I think it's important for people first getting into to learn how to do that because yep. it it empowers you. And whether or not exactly you go right. whether or not you go to a multi-sig like like the one we're going to talk about here in a second or not, you are empowered. You're not trusting, you know, as much as, you know, I've I've grabbed a lot of Bitcoin on Coinbase, but it's still an exchange and I still don't like to keep too much up there because of the principle of self-custody and 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 sovereignty. But while I was doing that, I was like, you know what? There's going to be some other solutions that come. I just know it. It's not going to be only in your wallet. And then I had come across Unchained Capital, the company that you work for. Uh, you know, you guys are thought leaders in the space, in the Bitcoin space. And I think I was reading something by Jimmy Song, who's one of your uh, advisors. And and I was like, huh, I've, I've heard about this company a few different times. What is multi-signature custody? So I started clicking on your website and I started going, oh, here's the next um, iteration of custody. And so I'm going to let you take it from there and just tell us because i think yeah i i hate i'd hate to see people you know people can skip over self-custody and go right to multi-sig and you guys have a bunch of stuff like i love that you guys have like a family legacy vault i mean that really that's really attractive for me and my young family but i think that uh just tell us what is multi-signature uh, custody because I think most people understand okay you've got a ledger device it looks kind of like a USB that's going to be where that's going to be your signature device and it keeps your 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 seed phrase uh safe um and 
I think they can understand parts of that and it's easy to learn that. But what I think multi-sig might be a completely new concept for the listeners. And it might be very attractive to some that are like, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to do uh, a single point of failure. What What is the value of multi-sig? Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think before I hop into it, like it'd be good just to free fall and just give the landscape of custody. Because sure. there's, there's misunderstandings and misconception on where Bitcoin lives, right? Some okay. people assume that Bitcoin lives in a big pool associated with an exchange. Mm-hmm. If you were to borrow, buy a hardware device, people are under the assumption that Bitcoin lives in that device. But Bitcoin in reality lives on an address right. that's associated with the decentralized ledger of the network. And each address has that private key. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you've heard this phrase and some listeners not your keys, not your coin. Yep. So self-custody is, as you mentioned, you're taking responsibility. You're taking ownership of the Bitcoin that you own by holding your own keys. But you also become a single point of failure. And what we mm-hmm. find uh, dealing with a lot of clients that on board with us, that it's not necessarily the $5 wrench attack of someone breaking into your house and getting a hold of your device. Mm-hmm. You know, Nine times out of 10, it's people forgetting their pen or misplacing yep. their backup seed words, right? So it's this idea of human error that can be a detriment to be to be what could be looked at as generational wealth. Yep. So we realize that the biggest deterrent that holds people back from holding their own keys is the technical aspects, mm-hmm. right? Buying this hardware device, plugging it in, write down the seed words, understanding operational security. And then not only that, you gotta be confident in the contingency plan that your family members are really get access to that. Yep. So essentially what we do here at Unchain, back to the idea of Bitcoin living on an address, is we help you build your own Bitcoin address. We mm-hmm. help you build your own multi-signature address. Mm-hmm. And this address is associated with three keys. It's a two of three coin. Every client on our platform holds two keys and Unchain holds one. Mm-hmm. And in order to move Bitcoin out of that multi-signature address, or what we like to call bolts, you got to use any combination of two of those three keys. Mm-hmm. So being that you hold two, you have full unilateral permissionless access to your Bitcoin. Unchained can't get access to it, even if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. There's not a single person, there's not a single person, entity, or influence that can tell you how to spend your Bitcoin, where to spend it, and what to do with it. And in this collaborative custody model, what I believe it solves for is peace of mind, mm-hmm. right? Knowing that your Bitcoin is in this resilient security model where mistakes can happen, yeah. right? Whether it's a key gets compromised. Or if you're ever in a breaking case of emergency scenario, or if you're if you're on vacation, right, you're not thinking about the Bitcoin security because you always have on chain here that can co-sign transactions whenever requested. And then we have a team of technical experts that are going to dedicate an hour to help you get these devices, set them up, understand operational security, and more importantly, I think inheritance goes hand in hand with multi-signature, right? The idea that if anything were to happen to you that your family members have a seamless transition to get access to that Bitcoin. And so what we're trying to address here at Unchained is this technical aspect, this deterrent that holds people back from actually holding their own keys. Mm -hmm. And we do it in this collaborative sense. And then on top of that, we offer financial services, right? Whether it's a trading desk, no more buying on the exchange, buy through our trading desk, and we'll Mm -hmm. directly deposit it into that cold storage. Mm -hmm. Instead of selling Bitcoin, put it up for a loan. If you have any IRAs, you can roll over into a Bitcoin IRA that you hold the keys to, trust accounts, business accounts. So our business model is, and we truly believe this because it's inevitable at this point, as Bitcoin becomes the standardization of money, we're naturally going to become your one-stop shop for all your Bitcoin needs with the sole foundation of you having complete control every step of the way. 
Yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, you guys are such thought leaders in this space and your onboarding it was fantastic, by the way, both you and your team. It was just I got all my questions answered. It was fantastic. Um, and, you know, you touched on something there that I think is super valuable in that uh, in terms of the family legacy, what happens a lot of times is. I'm trying to keep my wife and my 16-year-old up to speed with Bitcoin, but the interest is not quite the same as mine. So exactly. I'm just learning, you know, I'm learning all, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I got a node. I mean, it's just like all these different things. And I'm like trying to figure out how do I keep them up to speed? Do I do like a monthly, like, you know, they don't want to listen to me yabber on about Bitcoin, but it's super important for my family. And I think that my relationship with Unchained uh, definitely helps with that because it, it's, it's not, I don't have to get them all the way up to where I'm at, at every step of the way they can, they, they've got the, okay, here's where the vault is. Here's, here's the, 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 the important specs on that. And it just gives me a lot of peace of mind knowing that, you know, they're not going to be thumbing through a bunch of stuff. Hey, dad had, you know, five different wallets. What's, you know, where's the difference? Right. And, and he exactly separated, right. and he separated the seeds like, okay, can exactly. we, can he, you know, he wrote about it, but can we figure it out? It's like, you can lean on unchained for a lot of that stuff so that you're not, you know, going, Oh my God, I hope my wife can keep this straight when I'm gone. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And you can imagine the different walks of life we've gotten yeah. throughout our onboarding sway, different of ages, course. different oh, technical yeah. backgrounds, different geographical locations. So we've seen every, every walk of life. So when you're passing that Bitcoin down, whether it's a non-technical person or someone that knows Bitcoin or has never heard of Bitcoin, Right? It's exactly what our services are designed to do, to not only educate them, but to secure the Bitcoin and then allow for family members to get access to it. And we actually, two weeks ago, you know, for the listeners out there that are contemplating like, all right, I'm, I'm not technical enough. I still don't understand it. We onboarded a 98-year-old two weeks ago. Awesome. Right? That's and awesome. so it's just motivation and just to see that no matter where you are in your point in life or education background on Bitcoin, right? This is the service we're looking to provide and the problem we're looking to solve. You're helping humanity. Yeah. I had a, a woman in her mid eighties go, Hey, can you teach me some stuff about Bitcoin? I'm like, sure. You know, so <laughs> I, I, it's not just the young crowd. I think some of the, some of the really wise, you know, elders are also like, Hey, there's something here that I'm, that I'm seeing, I'm reading some stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm trying to do as I go around, I live in Seattle and I'm trying to ask all the merchants if they take Bitcoin. I keep, you know, I keep some sats in my blue wallet that I travel with. Um, I'm just trying to like get them to start to go, hey, uh, I got the fourth person ask us if we've taken Bitcoin at the coffee shop. Maybe we should do that. I bet that's pretty easy to set up. I'm trying to get more merchants to get on board because I think the more merchants that take it, the better the adoption will be. People start seeing, oh, I can pay for stuff. Um, and you know, I had a friend that who's a big Bitcoiner and he was, I was telling him how, you know, I didn't ever want to really, I don't ever want to sell my Bitcoin, but, and I was kind of being miserly, almost like an old fiat mindset where I was saying, you know, I didn't really want to spend it. And he really pointed out to me, he goes, well, that's not really the way to think about it. There's, you have an abundance. There's an abundance of Bitcoin. It's, it's, it's a, it's almost a, uh, it's a, it's, I can't think of the word of it. He's like, it's, there's only 21 million, but there's plenty of it for everybody. So exactly. it's, 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 it, it doesn't, it's almost like counterintuitive. He goes, but the more that you spend it, the more 
adoption there'll be. There's more. He's like, so don't try to don't try to squirrel it. Yeah, you have your savings and you've stacked your Bitcoin over here, but then also like help create the economy that we're building. And I and I thought that was great coaching because it shifted something in me where I was like, no, I want to I want all these merchants around me to take Bitcoin. I want to take my blue wallet down to down to the restaurant and and tip the waiter in Bitcoin. That would be fantastic. And so uh, I don't know how you guys are approaching that or you personally, like, do you, are you, are more and more merchants taking it? Are you, you know, what, what's the, uh, what's your take on that? And, and, you know, it seems like we're a long ways off, but that can flip really fast. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think, right, that's probably the biggest, you know, argument that a lot of newcomers to Bitcoin will have is that it's not transactional, right? You mm -hmm. can't make everyday purchases using SATs. Yep. But with the, the development of the Lightning Network and a lot of companies out there, it's it's being offered in a lot of POS systems out there, specifically mm -hmm. Strike, right? Strike is looking to get it in every Whole Foods, Targets, and major retailers out there. Mm -hmm. You have Cash App, which has a POS system that you can pay in Bitcoin through the Lightning Network. Ibex mm -hmm. is another great company that mm -hmm. is allowing restaurants and retailers to accept Bitcoin. Nice. And I, I think with these developments and the more traction and, and traffic we get on the Lightning Network that allows you to make everyday purchases, it's just going to advance the adoption of Bitcoin. Because, you know, for someone to have make a big investment and not see it in work, that could yep. be a deterrent. But if they're going to their local grocery store, if they're going to, you know, a Whole Foods and they can see Bitcoin is being offered as a payment, that could be another trigger in their mind to really get the ball rolling and understanding and start investing in it. You might, you might see, Connor, it depends how far they get with the central bank digital currencies. You could see parallel economies. You could see the central banks and their stores and merchants and Bitcoin and their stores and merchants. I, I could see a situation with that happening. Uh, I know which side I'm going to be, um, you know, on, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Connor, thanks so much. Where, where can we find you? Uh, where can people learn more about Unchained and how can they reach out to you if they want to connect with you and maybe have you on board or find out more information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my email is cdent at unchained.com, C-D-E-N-T. Um, happy to talk with any listeners out there that want to learn. We also have our website, unchained.com, to learn more about our concierge onboarding. We have a tab of concierge to get there. And then, you know, obviously these initial conversations, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot yeah. of uncertainty. So what I would recommend is schedule a consultation with a member of our client solutions team, whether it's myself and other members of our team. It's a 30-minute call, just a free fall, right? Just yeah. to see where you are in your Bitcoin journey, where you are in terms of questions that are holding you back and allow us to answer those questions up front. And then, you know, I always say this to everyone, everyone's at their own pace, mm -hmm. right? Move at your own pace. We want everyone that onboards with us to be confident and comfortable, right? So whether it takes two calls, whether it takes three calls, whether it takes one call, right? Our goal is to get as many people out there to hold their own keys. And that mm -hmm. is a mission of Unchained. Love it. Thank you, Connor. Thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men and sharing your insight and your wisdom. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks, buddy. Tony, thank you for having me. Have a great week. You too. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time with Connor Dent. To find out more about Unchained Capital, go to www.unchained.com. You can click around there. I worked with Connor and his team to onboard recently, and I can't recommend it enough. I believe this company will be a thought leader and a resource for humanity for decades to come. Nice work. I love what Connor said about Bitcoin being a source of truth. It resonates here with me. 
The globalists and unelected leaders at the World Economic Forum will be pushing for central bank digital currencies and pushing hard. Just wait and see. Want to read about central bank digital currencies and Bitcoin? You can go to Newsweek and click on the article by Aubrey Strobel titled Central Bank Digital Currencies Will Be the End of American Freedom. I'm going to see if I can get her on Basecamp coming up in the coming weeks. The word I was looking for when I was riffing with Connor was paradox, as in it's a paradox that on one hand, there's only 21 million Bitcoin and there is also an abundance for the whole planet because it is increasingly worth more and more over time. There's a collision of old paradigm, old fiat paradigm and new Bitcoin paradigm in that statement. How can something with a finite amount also at the same time offer abundance and freedom for the whole planet? That is the truth we're all coming to. Enjoy the learning base campers, stack some Satoshis, and we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.